Hi, welcome to Texting from the Bathroom. Today's more than okay-ish guest is Marissa of Mama Work It. Marissa is an author, educator, and coach focused on time management and parenting. She dropped some amazing gems that really got me thinking about my own priorities. And I have a feeling some of this will stick with you as well. So thank you so much for responding to my sort of call for for people to interview what I saw, everything that you're doing. I thought, oh my gosh, this is perfect. So thank you for being here. Super excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So since we don't really know much about each other, I'd love to hear a little bit about your personal background, if you don't mind, just to set things up. Of course. Yeah. So I mentioned I'm a native New Yorker, um, moved out to the Bay Area five years ago now. Mm when I was offered a job promotion. So moved with my husband, my twin toddlers at the time, big change for us, obviously, and was definitely stressed and worried at the time about like how I was going to manage that and handle that. Mm. And that was really the catalyst and starting point for my Mama Work It brand and business because I started figuring things out in a new and different way. I started getting asked that question a lot, like, how do you have time to do this or that? Or And then it just kind of grew into some courses, books, and coaching. And now that's what I do. And I I love it. Yeah. You're a mom. How many kids and how old? I'm a mom of four. Ah. I have twins who are now seven going on. Yeah, seven going on eight in September. An almost four-year-old who turns four next month and a 20-month-old. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. That's such a range. And twins, too. So you had sort of two of everything from the beginning. From the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was a big shock. That was a big shock to have those. Well, firstly, like pregnancy was a bit of a surprise. And then that was a shock to find out I was having twins. Oh, so, so. the surprises just kind of kept <laughs> kept rolling. Yes. Totally, totally. Uh, we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> I know we were definitely in shock when we heard that news. What about you? So you're in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm here with my husband and my daughter, who's seven. So we've nice. got that age in okay. common. We just finished first grade over Same. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since you've got the, you said seven-year-old and once four? Turning four next month. Yeah. Turning four. Okay. So the seven-year-olds were definitely then in school because I know my daughter was with COVID and everything. What what did that look like for them? Uh, what were they doing in the Bay? They were home most of the year. So California was very conservative with COVID. Mm. You know, you probably like heard about that on the news and stuff. But yeah, they the school was closed up until, so from March 2020 through, I want to say April mm-hmm. of this year. So they were only in school like a handful of hours a week, even when it opened. And they were doing still a lot of learning from home. But I'll tell you, I'm one of those weird people that while the pandemic was no walk in the park, I mean, it was certainly not easy. Mm -hmm. I definitely had my share of bad days and my share of hard days. I'm like not mad at the pandemic. I think the pandemic did a lot of good in my house. Mm. You know, there was a lot of introspection that happened. It allowed me to just really pivot 
and be able to help other people in ways that I never thought I could. So during the pandemic, I launched a course mm. that was how to work from home with kids during a pandemic. Oh my God. And, and somebody said to me, you're doing this, you're doing that, like just the way you're structuring things at home. I had four little kids at home and I was working a corporate role at the time, mm-hmm. full time. How are you managing that? And I had very little childcare, like if any. And I just kind of had like some good organized systems in place. I had some mindset shifts I needed to do. I just like threw this course together, like to try and help some other parents out there who I knew were struggling because I was struggling. Mm -hmm. And it has helped people in over 60 countries to date. I am so happy that that experience bought that opportunity for me to help others in that way. Wow. So. So you had all your kids home and you were working remotely. And you've got your business and then you made a course too. Yes. So I could see where people would come to you for time management, help and and ideas and things like that. I mean, what a resource. I mean, it's so timely and needed. I know because everybody all of a sudden got kicked into remote work that could and their kids were home. And it was like, yeah. nobody prepares you for this. You know, Oh no, nobody. Yeah, totally thrown in you know, such little resources. I mean, as a working mom, I'm sure many of your listeners can relate. I'm sure you can relate. You have, you have your village, like you have Mm. your resources in place. And when that pandemic hit, all of that disappeared, you know, for a while Mm -hmm. and the expectations were still there, right? You needed to deliver at work and do your job. You needed to maintain your house to some degree, right? Right. Like the laundry needed to get done, food needed to get on the Mm -hmm. table. You know, would I say my house was in the best condition during those early months? No, but you know, (laughs) you need to maintain some sort of like living environment that doesn't make you feel even more stressed out. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely, yeah, it was like, it was a whirlwind. Those early months were a whirlwind. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think so, so many people just felt like they were kind of caught in a windstorm for sure. And I agree. My house also was not (laughs) the cleanest, but I knew, I mean, we're all here. We're in the space. So normally we would be out. I'd be at work. She'd be at school. The house would just sit and nobody would be touching anything in it. But now we were in it all the time and cooking and making dishes in a volume that I didn't even know was possible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh, the volume of dishes during that pandemic. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. The volume of dishes. I agree. No, if, yes. yes. And the laundry. It's like the laundry didn't stop. I don't know why mm. we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> no. And it's funny because the, the laundry didn't stop, but the type of laundry did change. Because there was a lot more uh, like, like, you know, like comfortable <laughs> leggings, uh, a lot more kids' pajamas, things like that. A lot more stuff you can just throw in your dryer, thankfully. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The real clothes just kind of gathered dust. What would you say was the the biggest change for your family during that time? Ooh, that's a good question. A lot. I mean, we went from being very, like, I don't want to say we were overscheduled, but we were we were busy. That's for sure, mm-hmm. right? So we went from that to all of a sudden having nothing going on. Mm. And to be honest, in our house, and I think in a lot of people's homes, routine and structure is important. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you when you lack that, 
that's when I think the kids start to misbehave a little bit more because they don't know what to expect. Mm. The parents are kind of like demotivated to even get dressed some days or just like, you know, make things happen. Right. So to go from, you know, 360 to zero, Mm. it was like, okay, that was a huge change initially. But then we started developing our own routines with our new normal. And that helped everybody, I think, feel a little bit more normal in that way. Mm. So that was a big change early on. As far as like holistic change, you know, there was, there was more white space to think during the time. Mm -hmm. Um, As busy as we all were during that pandemic. And I say it like it's over, it's not really over, but as busy as we all were prior to that. And then even when it started, it was a different busy, Mm -hmm. right? You weren't like running for pickup and drop off and activities and sports and commutes and things like that. You were now busy kind of in your own space and more kind of mentally busy, just trying to like absorb and and deal with everything going on. Mm. But it gave me personally, and I know my family, I'm sure like just more space to think, you know, and to really think about what's important and what long-term vision you have and and things like that. So I think it gave us some clarity in some ways, which was good. And I know so many people, like we didn't personally move, but I know so many people who moved Mm -hmm. during the pandemic or just made really significant life changes in that way. Yeah. I know you said that when you, how long ago did you move to the Bay Area? We moved in 2016. So five years ago. Okay. Five years ago. And that was sort of around the time that you felt inspired to start doing your work with Mama Work It? Or was it sort of like a slow build after you moved over there? Yeah, it grew from there. The year we moved out here, I started a blog as just a creative outlet. It Mm. was actually called Work It Mama. (laughs) And nobody knew about it. I didn't tell anyone about it. I wrote it as though like thousands of people were reading it, but I like never told anyone I did it. I just mm-hmm. did it as this creative outlet. I don't know. It was kind of this hot mess. It was almost like a journal that was on a website, right? And then mm-hmm. a few years later, I had gone back to work after my third son was born. And I was just kind of getting like the entrepreneurial bug, like the itch to do something. Mm-hmm. I'd always had that. And I would tried other things in the past. And, you know, I just had this feeling like I really wanted to start something. And I thought, maybe that blog is like the way to go. I edited my name (laughs) and changed it to Mama Work It. And I, you know, spoke to some really cool women who were sort of already entrepreneurs and in the mom space and were doing it, doing different things, authors, course creators, speakers, like all just things I was really inspired by. And I decided to tell the world about that blog and then create a course as my first step because I have a background in learning and development. And that was advice I got, like start where you're really comfortable Mm. doing something. And that was an area I felt really comfortable in. So that's really when it started. It was probably, it was 2018. So it was three years ago. Wow. So your, your business has been around for a few years and then it was kind of cool how, I mean, not that a pandemic is ever cool. That's maybe the wrong word. But um, it, you know, it created this opportunity for you to reach parents with then that very like specialized course and help a lot of folks you said in over 60 countries. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's, over 60 countries. It was really that's cool. That's amazing. It was really cool. 
And then how can people access your, your courses? Yeah, they are accessible. You can, everything's accessible on my website. So I would say start there if you're interested in kind of checking out what offers I have. I have courses, I have books, I have coaching programs. I have a, a four week really cool program coming up that will launch in August for time management for moms, which I'm super excited about. But the one particularly on the working from home during the pandemic is hosted on Udemy. Okay. So yes, it is on Udemy, that one. Nice. Who would you say you're, you built your business to support? I would say the working mom. Mm. The working mom with young kids at home is the core of who I speak to. But with that said, I have lots of folks who aren't necessarily working outside the home are stay-at-home moms doing, mm. I think, the hardest job that exists uh, with the least pay mm. <laughs> out there. And they find a lot of the content very helpful too. Mm. You know, that's really the audience that I think about when I write my my tips, my tricks, my content. I know a lot of that background having been in those shoes for so long. Mm-hmm. But I do find that it is very relatable even to a mom who isn't necessarily in a work outside the home field. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I guess the especially the time management aspect. And then I've heard you bring up routines a few times. And so that's all related and I think has a cross application, whether you're working outside the home or in any kind of traditional work setting or a stay at home mom. I mean, we all we have to manage time. We all have to set routines. So I could definitely see where that would apply. Yeah. And I've, I've been surprised and happy to see that many men are tapping into really? my course Yeah, from the pandemic. And, you know, it's rated really well. And I'm sure it's helpful to to both men and women, you know, we're all parents. So I'm excited to see that, you know, I do corporate speaking as well. And I talk to working parents at different organizations. Mm. So I think we're all on that boat, especially now in 2021, where it's not so much traditional roles in Mm. the homes anymore. So I think both working parents can really benefit from a lot of the, the things I have to say. And what would you say has been the most challenging part of sort of striking out on your own and doing this whole new thing while also being a mom and everything else, all the other things. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it can be challenging for sure. A few things come to mind. And I think it's going to be ironic that I say this because I'm, I mean, I preach about time management and like right. <laughs> being able to fit it in and get it done. But sometimes the time is challenging, you know, mm. because the thing about time management is it's about priorities. And if your goal is to grow your business, for example, and you're managing lots of other things as a busy Mm. mom, which all us moms are, it can be very challenging to always prioritize that and make that a very important thing on your to-do list every day. That's definitely come a long way for me, right? Where it wasn't always something I was I was prioritizing and I, I don't want to say I was able to prioritize. I was choosing to not prioritize it sometimes because mm. other things felt more important to me during those moments and that's okay. So I think that's been a challenge. I think many women, especially in business or even just in careers in general, just in life, you know, we struggle with, do I really know what I'm doing? Am I really mm. like imposter syndrome? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've heard JLo has imposter syndrome, like, Women, so many (laughs) successful women have this sometimes, right? Where they're like, feel like 
all of a sudden they question everything they're mm. doing. They question if they're good enough. They question if they're um, if they have really enough validity or enough good stuff to share with people, or is their voice good enough mm. in like J Lo's case, or acting good enough? And you know, I think a lot of people hit that. I actually talked to someone about that on my podcast early on when we launched, and I think that a lot of people can relate to that. So. Mm. No, I think those are two just challenges that come to mind. But, you know, you do a lot of work on these things and you get better. It's kind of like you build the muscle and you get better. I was going to say, what did you do to sort of combat that that voice, the doubt, the imposter syndrome? Oh, um, what do you do? What did I do? Well, you do inner work, I think, where Mm. you really you really work toward like, no, you have to believe in yourself like you really have to. You have to be your biggest cheerleader, your biggest fan Mm. in order to overcome that in a way. But it also helps to surround yourself with people who are supportive, right? And who really want to see you succeed, want to see you do well. You know, you're not going to be everybody's friend. You're not going to make everybody happy. You're not going to be able to help everyone. Mm. But that's okay because as Marie Forleo says, if you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody, right? You really have to be talking to the right people who you (laughs) want to be able to help. So yeah, I think doing a lot of like your own inner work and kind of really like gaining that confidence. And then of course, a lot of it comes to just with experience and learning the ropes and making mistakes Mm -hmm. and kind of falling on your face and getting back up and all those things. So I was wondering, what do you do personally for yourself to stay grounded? Yes, I make sure I do something nice for myself every single day, Mm -hmm. whether that be something like legit. (laughs) where, you know, I can, I can really like take, take some time and really do something for myself. Like if I can go get my nails done or Mm. go for a massage or something like really fancy, I'll say, Mm -hmm. right. Or something super small and simple, like taking 10 minutes to do, I don't know, whatever it is that feeds my soul in those 10 minutes, you know, whether that's like journaling, whether that's like writing, I like to write, I'm an author. So like doing Mm -hmm. some just creative writing or something, maybe that is drinking a cup of coffee while it is hot in its entirety Mm. in silence, Mm -hmm. (laughs) exercise, I don't know, whatever it is. Like, I think, I think self-care, if we're just going to dive into that, I think self-care is different for different people. Mm -hmm. And I think it can be different on different days or even different times of day. Mm. Sometimes self-care for me is like decluttering my closet or like organizing something in my home, because when it's done, I'm like, I feel really like put back together, right? Like Mm. my mind is clear, my space is in order, I feel really good. Sometimes the thought of doing that makes me want to like throw up and I don't want to do that, right? And I just want to like Netflix something really terrible Mm. and binge watch it. And that's okay too. I think just really knowing who you are and listening to what you need in that moment and making sure that every single day you're feeding that Mm. in some way, shape or form. And it can be something as small as five or 10 minutes, or it can be something where you have a few hours to yourself and you're able to do something more legit. So that's, for me, that's really crucial and important. I used to be really guilty of putting, and I think a lot of moms do this, Mm -hmm. putting themselves last on the list, you know, Mm -hmm getting and and you never get to it because the last thing on your list Mm -hmm. always kind of like just gets pushed to the next day Mm -hmm. and and that does no one any good it doesn't do you any good it doesn't do your family any good you start to really harbor resentment or just you start to get sort of burnt out Mm. and investing in yourself every day in that way is really crucial 
Yeah. Again, I think that goes back to what you were saying with the the inner work, because you have to be in touch with yourself and able to listen to yourself to know what you might need from day to day. Because like you said, that that could change. One day it might be organizing your closet and the next day, maybe not. That closet could just sit. <laughs> yeah, completely. So are you are you still in the the corporate world? Is that so are you still working full time and doing this? Or are you really solely focusing on books and courses and speaking engagements and all of that? Or is that the plan eventually? Just trying to get a sense of where you're at. Yeah. So up until very recently, it was all of it. I was mm-hmm. doing all of it. And then I just made the shift to really be focused 100% on my on my business. Oh, so congratulations. That's, right that's awesome. Oh, thank you. It was, yeah, it was a big decision, hard decision and not, you know, it wasn't a decision I made because I was unhappy Mm. in any way. I think a lot of people leave their jobs because they're unhappy. That wasn't me. Mm -hmm. I was totally happy, content. You know, I, I cried when I resigned. Like I was, yeah, it was a really hard decision for Mm. me. But as you said, and as we've been talking, you know, when you get really clear on what you need and what you want, and when you really listen to your intuition and what kind of where life is guiding you, Mm. it's, it's inevitable, you have to make certain choices like that. So that's what it was. Wow. But what a gift to be able to leave that world in that kind of way, you know, and not sort of slamming the door and saying goodbye, because you're frustrated or angry or unhappy, you know, but to be able to have that sort of bittersweet moment a little bit where, you know, you could sort of say goodbye to one phase and say hello to something that's really speaking to you and sort of urging you down this new path. Well, yeah, totally old path, but the path that you're widening. (laughs) Current path. Current (laughs) current path. Yeah, (laughs) no, totally, totally. And I think I'm sure everybody has those days where they just want to be like, I quit. (laughs) Right. Uh I mean, I'm sure I did too. But you know, I think it, yeah, I think you're right. Like it's not ever great to make a decision when you're in the heat of a really angry moment, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe sleep on it at least a few nights before you really make that choice. If it's something that huge, that's going to impact your life that much, you know, just because I don't like to make, make head decisions when I'm in a really emotional state, Mm. right? I want to be really clear. I'm a pretty practical person, so I want to make sure it makes sense in a lot of ways. Mm. Were you always a very organized person or or did you just play one on TV for a while and sort of like <laughs> get it into your body? Because I mean, some people, it seems like they're born organized. <laughs> I mean, I think yes and no. Like I'm a planner for sure. I like to plan. Mm-hmm. I like to like know what to expect. I'm proactive in that way. To some degree, yes. I'm a graduate of like Catholic school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which I think prepares you for very like rigid systems and stuff like that sometimes, which I'm very, you know, thankful for all the background and I have really nice handwriting now due to that too. <laughs> um, but yes, in, in some ways, yes, this is, this is my nature, but in other ways, some things, you know, I work toward, mm. they didn't come so naturally to me and I had to learn them. And I think, I think for that too, like I'm thankful for that because this doesn't come naturally to everyone and I don't. I wouldn't be a great teacher teaching people about it if it just came like second nature to me and I didn't have to learn certain things about it. Mm. So I'm glad I have certain aspects that I've had to really 
work at so that I can help someone else who's struggling with that too. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a really, that's a good point. And they, they say that when you're learning something, you sort of reinforce and solidify your own learning by teaching others, by explaining it to other people, it sort of helps things click in, in new point. ways. Yeah. yeah. But if it all just came super easy, you'd be like, yeah, just do it like this. Fine. Yeah. Why just, can't you understand it? Just <laughs> just be a different person. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. And then as parents, you know, even though I, I'm not sure if you're like a planner or that's your personality too, but I mean, I had to learn a lot about just like, oh, Things are never going to go as planned when you're a mom. Oh, you're just going to be late all the time now. Like, so, you know, there was a lot of like learning on the job there. Mm. Yeah, there's there's some lessons in letting go that come with parenthood. I I was attending a baby shower for someone at my my previous job and they had us write advice for the mom to be. And, you know, at first I was cheesy. I said, you're going to love like you've never loved. And then I told her, be prepared to break all of your own rules because she she had all of these ideas of what type of mom she was going to be. I'll never co-sleep. I think that kid is still in her bed. It's just, (laughs) you know, and I I knew it because I had gone through the same thing. (laughs) So just be prepared to break all of your own rules and probably be late to everything. That's probably also something I could have written on the, on the advice card for sure. I thought you were going to say that you wrote sleep when the baby sleeps. No. (laughs) I, I love when people say that, right? Have you seen that? Have you seen that meme? That's like, Sleep when the baby sleeps. Cook when the baby cooks. Yeah. <laughs> do the laundry when the baby yeah, does the clean, laundry. Clean the bathroom while the baby just get some baby wipes for both of you. Wipe the whole thing down. No, it's it's so ridiculous. If everybody just slept when the baby slept, I know with my baby that would be for maybe fifteen twenty minutes at a time, randomly, not at night, and I would have nothing done. There'd be no food, no clean clothes. We'd just. I don't know, have to live outside in a tent. Yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> it would just start deteriorating so badly. It's just not, it's not good advice, but people always say it. They always say yeah, it. I think they're just trying to make new moms feel like they deserve the break because new moms always sort of feel like they always have to be on, mm. right? But but yeah, that advice is just so impractical. Um, so it sounds like you, you're a planner your partner also a planner or do you just kind of no he's so opposite of me I'm definitely (laughs) like I'm I'm so like the the time momager here at home Mm. and that's okay I mean he's super laid back and I'm more like structured and organized and you know we complement each other so Mm -hmm. I think if we were both like that it probably wouldn't be a very like harmonious household so yeah I could see where we get stressful having two yeah. super planners yeah because what if you're not planning in the same ways <laughs> totally. yeah so yeah so it's good to have someone along for the ride in some ways it's just gonna be like yeah that sounds good yeah cool. and I won't say he, like never plans anything that's not true I mean he's not like the total polar opposite but I'm definitely mm-hmm. like I don't know the alpha planner <laughs> the alpha, <laughs> the alpha the planner pri- the primary planner yes. in the household yes I like that the alpha so does that mean that you plan all the family? Do you, do you go on trips? 
vacations, things like that. So it's funny you say that because that's the one thing that came to mind just now that he just planned. So he just planned our vacay this summer. And I'm like, amazing, because I didn't really have it in me to do it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And he just like researched it, did it. Got We have like family coming um, to meet us oh. at our vacay. So yeah, he totally like spearheaded that. And I was like, super grateful for it. So So I'm wondering if you could give either one piece of advice or a message, say you could wave a magic wand and every parent would just immediately get this information from you. Mm. What would it be if I I was able to bestow such great power onto you? God, (laughs) this is is high pressure right now. Well, okay. So is this pandemic related? Is this like Anything. time management related? Okay. Anything to to a parent. Hmm. Okay. I'll tell you something that was a major shift for me that I like to share when I talk to parents about time management, when I talk to anybody about time management. So first, let me ask you a question. What do you think are the four words that most moms or most parents say when it comes to time every day? Four words. Hmm. Probably something about not having enough of it, I would yes, think. Exactly. I don't have time, right? Yeah. I don't have time. So I like to tell people to make this small shift because it'll have a huge impact for you. Stop saying, I don't have time and start replacing it with, it's not a priority to me. Hmm. So, for example, let's say your kid asks you to play with them. Mm-hmm. Your answer, I don't have time. Replace that. It's not a priority to me. Wow. Yeah. That hits deep, right? You're like, ooh, that feels icky. Mm -hmm. My kid is not a priority to me. Playing with my kid is not a priority to me. Yuck. And chances are you're going to rethink that. Mm. And I'm not saying every time your kid asks you to play with them, you have to make it happen because that- They ask all the time. (laughs) I mean, you'd be playing Legos all day and like that just doesn't pay well enough for many of us. So- No. But- Maybe it's like at a time when you're just chilling on your phone or something like that and your kid asks you and you're like, yeah, I don't have time, but look what you're prioritizing, right? Mm-hmm. So one of two things will happen. You'll feel icky about it and you'll make it a priority and you'll kind of shift how you're spending your time mm-hmm. or you'll be like, no, I'm comfortable with this. I actually have to get this report in by five o'clock or I'm probably going to lose my job. So right now that's not a priority to me. Like I got to get this done. I'm going to hang out with mm-hmm. you later and be okay with it. So you're winning either way and you're just really feeling more in control Mm. of how you're managing your time in that particular moment or with that particular thing. Wow. Such a small shift, just sort of flipping that phrase, that thought process around that that could change. I mean, the way you're interacting with a lot of things, not just your kids. I mean, anything that's sort of an an ask on your time is that's not a priority. Or it is a priority. Yeah. For me, this one was really clear because I started doing this when I was working full-time corporate, mm-hmm. commuting to the city. And I would I would say, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to go to the mm-hmm. gym. And the truth was, sure, I could make it happen if I wanted to. It wasn't a priority to me, mm-hmm. right? Because at that moment, at that season of my life, going to a gym wasn't a priority to me. I had a baby. I wasn't sleeping through the night. So like waking up earlier Mm -hmm. to do that didn't feel really good. And staying later 
in the city to work out didn't feel really good. I wanted to get home and have Mm. dinner with my kids and put them to bed and spend those few hours with them in the evening. And like lunchtime didn't feel like a priority to me because I needed to run errands or like make phone calls or do whatever. Right. So I was like, okay, for now I'm comfortable with this, right? Because this is just the season I'm in. It's not going to be forever. Mm -hmm. And right now, like going to a gym, working out every day, like isn't something I'm going to do. And that's okay. It's not a priority to me. Mm. It changed over time as things changed in my life. But during that moment, it just helped me feel like more comfortable with the fact that I wasn't working out. Like I didn't feel guilty about it anymore. I was just like, okay, this is what it Mm. is right now. These things are more important to me. Yes. And I think people do carry around a lot of guilt about the things that, I mean, honestly, it's not feasible for them to prioritize it at that moment, but they feel really guilty that they aren't doing absolutely everything that they would like to do on their mental checklist. And I think acknowledging that it's it's just for now, like you said, it's just this season. I think that's a, a really helpful reframe, I think. Yeah. The guilt management yeah. is like equally as important as the time management, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like moms in particular carry around a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> a lot of guilt. I mean, no matter what decisions they're making, I think, I don't know. I'm not sure where we get it from. <laughs> it just sort of appears. But yeah, that, that mom guilt is so real. It is. It is. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with me because it's always been an hour and I've really enjoyed speaking with you. I really have. And I appreciate your time. But I was wondering, is there anything that you wish I had asked either about mama work it or about parenting or anything at all? Oh, I don't know. Um, I would love to drop where people can find me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, if you want to check out more time management strategies or just how to juggle mom life, wife life, fill in the blank life, work life, (laughs) all of it, head on over to mamaworkit.com. It's M-A-M-A workit.com. And on Instagram and Facebook, I'm at the handle at let mama work it. I love that handle so very much. (laughs) So cool. Yes, mama work it. I love that name. Check out her website in the show notes. She has a super cool class starting in August that you might enjoy. Texting from the bathroom is me, Evelyn Moon. Music is by Esteban Del Pino. You can listen to future episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you catch your favorite shows. 